Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This is the Fray Podcast. Brought to you by thefray.com. A place for women who want more from life. This is what I want. This is what I need. If you don't have to go, I can set you free. Are you gonna make a move? Are you gonna come and see? Whatever you wanna do, you know what's cool with me. Today's podcast is number two. It's part two in our series on connection. And I have the lovely, incredible, thoughtful, thought-provoking Kirsten Leo joining me again. As I mentioned, this is a series on connection and you can listen to the rest of the series over on Kirsten's podcast. There's a link in our show notes. But Kirsten, thank you so much for joining me for this episode. So excited to be back diving into the concept and the experience of connection again with you. So today we're focusing on romantic connection And I said to you before we hit record, do we need to delineate the difference between romantic and love connection? And we both agreed. We're going to focus on romantic because the love connection is just so broad. We could really get into the weeds of how love is, you know, available in all different ways. But today we're getting romantic. Let's get into you and me, baby. Let's do it. (laughs) Why, why do you think that we crave romantic connection? Oh, I think it's twofold, um, but I think I'm I'm also very aware of my uh, limitations in understanding it. Um, I think for me it's two things. It's social and it's chemical. So I think chemically we are probably wired to um, be attracted to others. Like as you watch, you know, teenagers, for those of you that have teenagers in, in your homes, you watch them start with that, you know, sexual desire. And so we're hormonally, I guess, wanting to romantically or sexually connect with others. And then I think the biggest layer for me personally, on top of all of that is the social reason of craving romantic connection, because you do not have to try very hard at all to be hit in the face with how our society really values and honors romantic connection. And I say this to you with um, a cheeky little smile on my face because I can tell you I do not watch movies pretty much unless it's a romantic comedy. And all my favorite songs are about heartache or all of that kind of stuff. And when I think about it, it's only recently, I remember as a kid in the 80s showing my age, but I remember as a kid in the 80s, the Whitney Houston song, Greatest Love of All, was probably the only song that was about love of self. One of my all-time favorite songs, by the way. Oh, is it? <laughs> yes. Uh, we were I'm so a Whitney tragic. Oh. <laughs> um, but, you know, when I listen to, you know, songs that are out at the moment by Lizzo and things like that, that they're really kind of shouting to, from the rooftops, it's about love of self, this is not our social conditioning. And we'll get into it. But, I mean, 
pretty common question you ask someone when they're single, how's dating, when you're dating, when are you getting engaged, when you're engaged, when are you getting married? And so we're all about that. Like we define ourselves through our romantic connection or our, you know, romantic status, if you like. So I think it's a lot of um, conditioning. What do you think? (laughs) Yeah, I co-sign everything that you've just said there, I think. And again, as you said, acknowledging our limitations, such as neither one of us, you know, we're not a scientist, we're not a neuroscientist, we don't have degrees in the brain or chemistry or anything like that, or like primal areas. But on one hand, I think there's this primal drive to connect with another person, whether that stems from that primal reproduction Mm way of thinking, whether it's something that is in our genetic code because since the start of time, it's like you need someone else to either co-regulate you or maybe it's the whole um, commodity of, you know, you're with a partner because then there's safety in being with that partner Mm -hmm. and that's changed throughout the times. You know, there was times in history when people needed to be partnered for financial security or traded so yep. that their so that their tribes were able to uh, continue to grow and trade and whatnot so there's all of this history about partnering up that is in our genetic code I'm sure and then there's the socialization pop culture everything that's in the zeitgeist of how important it is to be partnered up and that being loved and being chosen Mm, is the be all and end all you know the fairy tale you know you you said someone loves you you know that exactly exactly (laughs) right right um and you and I both have a lot to say on that topic but you said a child of the 80s I'm a child of the 80s too technically (laughs) so shut up on the showing your age part there miss all right I'll trump you I'm a 70s baby I was born in the 70s in the last whisper of the 70s but I can still claim I'm a 70s girl yeah you can um but For me, fairy tales, Disney, everything, like as a child I would think about what it would be like to get married and what that dress would be like and, you know, even beyond early childhood of really romanticising and taking on board how important it is to have that hero's journey, which as a female the only hero's journey we get given, we got given back then was your hero's arc is to meet a man. Yep. Whereas a male's hero's journey, they've got Star Wars and they've got, (laughs) what's his name, Joseph? Is it Joseph Campbell who's all about the hero's journey? I don't know. Oh, okay. You're me on that. I'm off in my own world. I'm probably wrong. But, you know, males, and again, speaking typically, have a different hero's journey Mm. and the, the woman in their hero's journey is something that they get at the end of their journey. It's a nice aside once they've completed a mission that's important to them. Whereas a lot of, you know, like it's like this nice complimentary thing. Yes. Whereas for females, there wasn't anything really growing up that was like, you're going to go on this massive journey like Moana, like the kids get now. Yep. It was very much your journey is you'll be woken up by a prince because you need saving. Um, You know, you'll be rescued by a prince. You'll get your legs and you'll marry Prince Eric, all of that fairy tale stuff. So I think back to the original question of why do we crave romantic connection, there are so many layers, like maybe, not maybe, like chemically we're wired to seek a partner or to seek that romantic connection and validation and co-regulation and all of that stuff. 
But then, yeah, it's like as a woman, a lot of our worth is tied up to having that romantic connection. Hugely. And I love the fact that you referenced history and that, you know, whether you believe in past lives or not, we are part of this human evolving and and we're evolving with each other in society. So we can't deny the fact that romantic connection wasn't about the heart at, at all times and it was about survival and expectation and all those things. And when you're talking about the Disney princesses, you're making me think of a recent conversation I had with my family. I've just come back from a bit of of traveling and I've just been to New York and we were reminiscing about the first time I went to New York. I was with my sister and we had... We just thought it was so fun to go into Tiffany's on Fifth Avenue and pretend that um, my fiance was adjoining me in a few days and we were trying on Tiffany's rings and, you know, these these gorgeous rings and you think, gosh, why did we do that? That's so silly. But because we're socially conditioned to want that. Marketing has a lot to answer for when it comes to that kind of thing and if you even think about that movie breakfast at Tiffany's the reason why it was such a big deal in the 50s or whenever it came out is because she did not you know choose the man right until the end and she chose him and so it was kind of revolutionary in a way really trying to challenge our ideas about romantic question and why we romantic connection sorry and why we crave it yes that's so interesting and I was smiling as you were sharing, you know, your your recollection of going to breakfast, going to Tiffany's, excuse me, and getting all excited and giddy and having this almost fantasy mm. surrounding what that romantic connection would be like for you. And I think fantasy often trips us up in our romantic connection because we think, oh, once we meet someone, that's the end of our hero's journey. <laughs> like we're, we're done now. We've done the thing. All is well. But it's like, what's beyond, what's beyond that? And what does it really look like? Because the fantasy, as we know, is not real life. Because romantic connections progress and change and other elements come into play. Um, My heart, bless her, says to me, I'm going to worry about you until you get married. And I said, mum, that's when you need to start worrying about me because nothing will trigger you more. Nothing is more challenging than choosing a romantic connection. Yeah, absolutely. What does romantic connection mean for you? I think it has absolutely changed over the years. And as I've grown and I've had life experience, I think that, um, romantic connection is less chemical now and more a choice and whilst in the past I definitely whether I wanted to admit it or not had that perception of being chosen and and being saved and how that would really fill me up I now view romantic connection as the greatest challenge and calling to be in connection with myself because if I'm not in connection with myself then I will never be able to be in connection with a romantic partner. And I think on the quest for that or on the discerning choice of a romantic partner, I think about it very differently now than I did 10 years ago in that romantic connection is about honouring and respecting the best and highest potential in each other and holding each other accountable to that. How do you... 
view it. Yeah, I think that's I think that's a beautiful way to describe it. Um, it's such a big question. I think I, you know, back to feeling like as a child, you're kind of groomed for this certain experience that you're going to have in life. For me, it felt very much like to have a good life. You find a good man and you have a good family and then you're all set. And so as someone who has gone through a divorce, experienced being single in my thirties with two kids, going through a heartbreak, trying on dating, and now being in a relationship, I definitely feel very differently about romantic connection now, this version of myself. I've had times where romantic connection for me really meant getting dressed up and going on a date because that's all I could manage. And that was kind of like, oh, that fills that cup, that ticks that box. I'm getting that little bit of flirtation, perhaps that little bit of physicality, and I can move on because I didn't have the bandwidth for any anymore. Now for me in this relationship, romantic connection is much more about the relationship I have with myself first and foremost, similar to how you described it there, Kirsten. I think because I've reached a point in life where I'm really aware of how much I need to take responsibility for the way I show up in a relationship, whereas in my marriage I was really outsourcing a lot of that, outsourcing validation, very connected to this idea of good marriage, good husband, good kids, good family, that should be enough type of thing. Whereas now I see this romantic connection as a real vessel, like a vessel for growth, a vessel for reflection, um, amongst other things, of course, like there's so much fun and so much love and so much affection Mm. and lightness as well. But my perception of what romantic connection means really has changed over the last five to six years, especially. I, I want to pick on up on two things that you talked about there. I love that concept of the idea of romantic connection can very much and should very much be reflective of where we are at the time. So the fact that a date tick that box for you is fantastic and and you were getting your needs met I guess in that way and and that doesn't make it any less or more significant than maybe where you find yourself now it just it just was and the other thing that you kind of you're challenging my thoughts on this as we sit here but we're talking about romantic connection But maybe one thing that we could be missing, I don't know, let me know what you think, but romance doesn't actually necessarily equal connection. Ooh, yes, I can agree with that. To be romantic, and this is just a a thought I'm having as we sit here, so I haven't really... Real-time processing. Oh, yeah, exactly. Um, Romance is, I guess the outside expression or that chemical feeling and that thing that we actually create, like romance is a verb. Mm. So romance is something that we do. Connection is something that we are. I'm not sure I'm right with that. I love the real-time processing and even as you were speaking then, I'm like, well, yes, I've perhaps conflated my experience of love with romance when Mm -hmm. I'm answering that question of saying, for me, this romantic connection is more of a, like it's a vessel of growth and deeper connection than having a romantic connection with a date. 
So there's a very real likelihood I've conflated the two definitions there. I guess I find it a little bit hard at the minute to separate romantic connection and the love connection. And maybe that's purely just because I'm in the the early throes of um, love and excitement and this relationship. But I guess when we're talking about romantic connection, for those listening, a lot of people listening will be in that long-term partnership. Yes. yes. And so perhaps they will they will conflate the two as well, romance and love. But you're right. Like if we separate romance from love, what is your connection to that? Does that make sense? Yeah. And I think we're both just processing out loud here. And I'm sure that listening to this, you're probably processing this for yourself and conceptualizing it for yourself, not only in your current experience, past experiences, but also in the experiences that you probably wish to create for yourselves, regardless of your relationship status or, or longevity, um, because it's always something that we need to create and connection is definitely, I think, who we are as individuals. And then the the romantic or the intimate connection with someone else is a really, I would say, high potent reflection of that. Yeah. And I guess for me, I think of romance as a bit of an umbrella term because we can romanticize ourselves. Mm. We can engage in romantic activities for ourselves and change the way that we look at our own life. But I guess when I was making notes for this episode in particular, I was thinking about that romantic connection, which could involve at different times in your life, it's dating at different Mm. times in your life. It could be that long-term partnership And what are the things that you get caught up on? What are the things that get in the way from you actually, from us, everyone connecting with those things that are available to us? I think in that light, the biggest thing that I've experienced in the past is the biggest block to romantic connection always boils down to fear. Fear of rejection, fear of um, ultimately fear of rejection, isn't it? <laughs> fear yes. of not being chosen, fear of not being liked, fear of it ending, fear of them changing their mind, fear, fear, fear. And it's so funny because romance and fear are polar opposites. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Yeah, they are very much at play in the magnetic force that I think we all feel in that craving for or that desire for that romantic partner. Yeah, absolutely. And when you said everything comes from fear, I was like, that's it, isn't it? It's like, what if I'm too much? What if I'm not enough? These are all the things that can get in your head and stop you from connecting. What if they don't find me attractive when we're being physically intimate? What if I'm not smart enough? You know, just recently I had someone reach out to me on social media and, and they said they're struggling to feel intelligent enough 
to be in conversation with the person they're dating. And I'm like, there's just so much fear, isn't there? Totally. And I think that probably comes back to that hardwired conditioning, social conditioning that we were talking about before, as well as that historical conditioning. If connection with another means survival or connection with another means validation, then of course we all innately hold so much fear around not having that romance and that connection. And it doesn't matter if you're looking for a partner, you're in a new partnership or you're in a long-term partnership. I find definitely through my work, there is so much fear when it comes to negotiating the changing nature and the evolving of intimate connection. What are the things that you think are important then to keep in mind with being able to access those connections and to be able to go, you know, as cliched as it is, I feel the fear, but I'm going to do it anyway. Because it's kind of like we're at at war with ourselves, isn't it? If we've got Mm. this intrinsic drive to connect and to have those things, but then we've also got this other (laughs) intrinsic thing that's holding us back being like, oh, it's very scary. It's very scary to be vulnerable. It's very scary to want those things um, because of the survival cause, the survival route and all of that. What do you think is a way that we can kind of make peace with those internal struggles? The way personally I have made peace with those internal struggles is to reframe how I define romantic connection in that romantic connection is just a mirror of how I am connecting with myself and hence being very discerning about who you're romantically attracted to or in connection with. And the only forefront question I have in my mind is, does this romantic connection really encourage me and support me in being the highest version of my evolving self? And in turn, am I allowing that of them. Being an empath, being a Cancerian, I've got all the things, you know, I say going for me, but not really. I'm maybe overdo that. So I over allow them to evolve. I over allow them to be themselves. So for me, it's just how do I observe myself in this? And how do I allow myself to be authentically expansive and safe in it whilst facing the fear and absolutely doing it anyway? How about you? How do how do you take that? Yeah, well, I guess, firstly, I didn't know you were a fellow Cancerian. I'm so Cancerian. It's terrible. Same. <laughs> it's my toxic trait, how, how much of a true Cancerian I am. Um, but anyway, that aside, I digress for a moment. I guess romantic connection, and again, I'm probably getting stuck on conflating this with love because when I'm thinking about romantic partnership, I'm thinking about romantic like partnership as in the person that you're choosing to be in a relationship with I think let's stick with that definition it's the person that we are choosing to be in an intimate partnership with because I think that you can have romantic connection with with your friends for example but basically you're not sleeping with them so it's that person that you're choosing to have that special level of romance and connection with Yes. And I think it's important that regularly 
we pause and go, why is it important to me? And what is on the other side of that fear that you might be getting stuck on? You know, if you are getting stuck on fear of what if I'm too much, what if I'm not enough, what, you know, it's uncomfortable to be, be vulnerable, to expose myself to those feelings of what if it doesn't last, all of that stuff, you really have to reframe what you're getting stuck on and look at what's on the other side of that. Because if you can push past those fear on the other side of that is a deeper connection. Absolutely. And triggers are just a place to be aware that I need to heal. And it's got nothing to do with the other person. It's to do with our own personal healing. So if you're feeling in a stage of a relationship where you're worried that you're just passing through the honeymoon stage, for example, and you're worried if they're going to continue to choose it because stuff's really about to start to get real, it's like, oh, well, when have I abandoned myself? When have I experienced this before? I always come back to me. I don't seek to the relationship to try and justify or like sugarcoat it or cover it over. And I don't think any connection that we're talking about ever stops going through those iterations. They're just different. So if I think I wasn't in a romantic connection at the time um, when I transitioned into the business for full time, but I was in a romantic connection at the time where I was told at 30 that this would be my path. And I told that person at the time and they were very interested and enthusiastic about it. But if they hadn't been, obviously the fear there was that they would think I was a crazy person and because I was changing, our relationship would have changed. So I don't think it matters how long you've been with someone, you're always going to go through these doubts and fears if you're used to and dedicated to working on yourself, which if you're listening to this, I have no doubt that you are. Yeah, that makes sense. And I think too, I mean, I'd love to know what you think about this, but for each person listening to take a little second to check in with yourself and where are you at in your life when it comes to romantic connection? Because you might be at a time in your life, listener, where your romantic connection needs are met through going on a few online dates and maybe having a kiss at the end of the night. Or are you in a long-term relationship or a new relationship? And what does that mean for your romantic connection cup? Like if we think of like an empty cup, how are you filling it up? And I guess what I'm trying to get to, and I'm not doing it in a very succinctly way, Kirsten, is I would love to know your opinion, your thoughts and feelings surrounding this societal um, conditioning that all the relationships we're in must progress you know, it must because, and the reason it's on my mind is because I'm reading this book and in the book, they're talking about always being in a state of longing. When you're single, you're in a state of longing for that connection. When you have that connection, you're longing for for them to say, I love you. Then you're longing for the engagement or for moving in. And it's this continual idea that a healthy relationship has to keep progressing. And I just, I don't know if it does. Like I think that there are times when you engage in a healthy romantic relationship that just is what it is. I could not agree more and I love that concept that you shared that our wiring to long is actually robbing us of the connection. And there you go. I think you've hit the nail on the head right there about our struggle to discern between romance and connection. Yes, I think romance. We got there like 40 minutes into our conversation. 
Listen, we, we didn't say it was going to be neat and tidy, but we no, it's real. Um, so I think that longing, that sense of that illusion of it's never enough, is never enough, is romantic, right? Or we we we've been maybe a little bit conditioned to think that that is romantic, but connection is about vulnerability, and it's about really seeing yourself and being seen and really seeing someone else and them allowing themselves to be seen. I have to say my biggest relationship lesson in connection was taught to be my to me by someone who I never actually eventuated in a relationship with. And I think that as as much as that is heartbreaking for my ego because I wanted a payoff and I wanted to be with them. The amount of self-discovery and learning and understanding about all the things that get in the way of connection and all the things I was wanting in a connection were so brought up, like dredged up from the soil for me in a, in inverted commas, relationship I wasn't in and I never got to actually physically experience. I'm not sure that that answers your question. <laughs> No, that makes sense though, because what you're saying is you were in a relationship with someone who was not willing to really, or perhaps neither of you were really willing to call it what it was, but there was the space between two of you where growth was happening and there was some form of connection, but it just never eventuated to that next stage. There you go. What if, what if connection, romantic connection is not about longing? What if we all were able to rephrase it? and for it to be about growing. Yeah, and I guess perhaps to also redefine Mm. our, our own idea of what romance is. And even if the only thing people take away from this conversation is to sit down for a moment and make a list of all of the things that they attribute towards being romantic and where does that come from and is that actually serving them or sustaining them really? I think perhaps at at all different seasons and different versions of ourselves, it's about checking in and going, what what actually is romantic connection for me right now? Um, You know, am I putting too much pressure on the Disney version of romance? Mm. And maybe that's why I'm conflating romance and love in my head because for me right now the version of romance that is really lighting me up is seeing my partner playing with my kids Mm. and that's love. Like it's not the coming home from work and saving me or bringing me flowers or showering me in gifts. And I think that's probably because I've had this reckoning of going, what has Disney done to us all and, you know, everything in in pop culture or all of the happy endings, what has that done to us all? But it's redefining what is romance. Yeah, for sure. Because for some of you listening, romance could probably equal to they don't come home and they leave you alone for a night on the couch. That could be super romantic because that's exactly what you need right now. Yeah, I think that's a really powerful point, redefining what romance actually means to you and where are you at currently in life and what is your actual romantic connection situation? Are you single and the way that you're meeting your romantic connection needs is through flirtation, you know, is through dating? Or are you in that long-term partnership and it's like you have to redefine what romance means so that you're not always feeling like you're in this deficit 
because you're not having the Disney fairy tale. I, I'm going to do something a little bit risky here and I'm going to mention a book that I haven't read, but maybe some of you have read it. And if you have, jump into the Frey um, Facebook group or um, the Light Path podcast Facebook group and share your thoughts. But there's a book I listened to a podcast on called Cinderella, You Bitch. And it is about, basically, it's that preface that um, we've been positioned for really unrealistic expectations and relationship goals and how really to rewrite that story for ourselves and cultivate love that and connection because we're talking about connection um that love and connection that is really true and that will part I see you through um this this season or many versions a different season it doesn't really matter and and I think that goes back to your your comment before Kylie where you were talking about you know not putting all this emphasis on oh it's only been three months oh we never really even got together oh we've been together for 30 years um and I think that there's this sub subtext there of it means more if it's been longer or and I would very much argue against that it being longer just means it's been longer. Yes, that's why I'm always saying we need to redefine what a successful relationship is because a successful relationship based on many people's standards is one that spans a lifetime. That's successful. But what if the people that are in that relationship that goes for 50 years actually hate each other, you know, and the only metric we're using there is longevity. We need to have other markers for success. So like you said, you had massive growth in an interaction with someone in a short time that didn't progress Mm. to the next stage of the relationship, but it's been profoundly impactful for you, even though it wasn't profoundly based in longevity. It absolutely changed my life. And I think that the social conditioning that I've always been under was that longevity rules. And and I say that purely because, you know, my parents, for example, have just celebrated their 50th wedding anniversary and they were together for a number of years before that. So they've literally chosen to spend their entire lifetime together. And because that was what I understood growing up in my social context, there is part of you that feels a bit, oh, a bit, unsettled maybe. I'm not really sure that that is the right word of how I feel because I don't think about this often, Um, that at 43, I'm sitting here and I'm not in a position like that. And what does that mean? And I think it means nothing. (laughs) It just means that was their choice. And this is ultimately my choice. And I especially want to talk to women out there who feel and I'm sure you've been there, Kylie, where you feel like, oh, like this wasn't what I expected or not have I failed in some way because I personally don't feel like that, but I know many people do feel like that, that, that it must me, it must be a reflection on me in some point that I've either been through a divorce or I haven't been married by this point or whatever it is. And the fact is that it isn't. It's just a choice. And... I would raise a glass at any moment to anyone that chose the harder choice that was right for them. And the harder choice sometimes is staying together. The hardest choice is sometimes staying alone. And the hardest choice sometimes is separating. But going back to my work and how I see people all the time, most people will come to see me because they just want to know 
that their relationship is all right. And if they leave their relationship, they're going to be all right. That pretty much comes to the crux of any kind of question that anyone would ask me in reading. And as, and as much as I would love to answer that, I'm like, what are you talking about? It's just a choice. And you can only control your, your part of that street in that choice. You can't control theirs. So all you can do, I'm going to go back to episode one of this um, series that all you can really do is foster, work upon and fall in love with self because then anything external to that is just a bonus. And I hope you don't mind me sharing, Carly, but that's exactly what you did prior to meeting Brendan. You just got really dedicated to falling in love with yourself And I think that the connection that you're currently in is perhaps to a large extent purely just a reflection of that. I think I majorly digress there on my soapbox. But I think all really important stuff. I'm sitting here nodding. I just agree with everything that you have said. And I think, you know, some of the takeaways that people can have from this conversation is one, that this is just like a real life conversation of two Mm. friends being like, what does this even mean? And coming back to that, that root cause of connection with anyone else really depends upon having a strong connection with yourself. And people need to go back and listen to our first episode if they haven't. But I would also love to encourage people as a takeaway from this episode to ask yourself what is your definition of romance and romantic connection and where does it come from? And do you need to redefine what that is? Because I think that the idea of romance is actually causing disconnection in a lot of partnerships. The idea of things should be a certain way is causing disconnection um, when people probably aren't even realizing it. And it is a choice to redefine what that actually looks like for yourself. Oh, absolutely. Uh, For those familiar with her work, and I'm not going to say her name correctly, but Ilania Van Zandt says like, you are the love you seek. You are the companionship you desire. You are your own completion, your own wholeness. When two wholes come together, it makes a hell of a lot. Of, of fun when two halves come together if you're seeking that connection whether in your current partner or in a new partnership to fill in parts of you that is probably when I would be um, concerned for want of a better word I would be yeah and I think again as we've spoken about the pop culture references and whatnot old Jerry Maguire with the you complete me oh, and stop. putting that on a pedestal yeah like now in our 2022 lens, we're all like, that's gross. You should, yeah. you know, you want to be complete. But growing up, that was like the most romantic thing someone could say, this idea that, yeah, you are a half unless you have another half. Um, and, I mean, when you and I were chatting about things that cause disconnection in romantic relationships, it all comes back to fear. Like we could list out things like, oh, not going to bed at the same time or, you know, social media and all those things. And as we discussed in our first episode, that's all a symptom. What's the actual root cause that's causing disconnection? And that's why I wonder or I would invite our listeners to be curious about their own relationship, their own connection to what what romance means for them. 
I don't exactly know how long my nana and pop were married, but it was much longer than 50 years. And let me tell you, she was a night owl. He was an early bird. They never went to bed at the same time. (laughs) So, you know, we make our own romance work for us. And I think I'm taking away so much from this conversation because what it's done is it's scratched a little itch in my brain that I don't often think about because I get on with the busyness of my days and things like that. In that, romantic connection is so beautiful and it's not wrong to desire it or to foster it. I think it's possibly one of the most lovely things that we can gift ourselves. Um, But how we do that and the expectations and the pressures that we put on ourselves to do that may need a little retwerking so we can enjoy the process of connecting with someone in this intimate way rather than needing to connect with someone in this intimate way. I love that point. And needing to connect with someone what does that even mean to you is it a chemical thing is it a need for physical connection because the longing feeling for affection and physical connection can be a very real thing and it's like do you want to just meet that in the way of having someone that you are physically intimate with and is that enough right now for where you're at in life to fill your romantic cup or is romance needing to be redefined in your long-term relationship Exactly. I hope we've made you think today. We've definitely made you confused. You <laughs> and I, I can see it. We're going to be firing off little voice notes being like, blah, 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 because it's, there's so many layers to it. I and I think it, it ti- yeah. and at times I think I'm conflating, like I have a different definition of what it means to what you have a different mm. definition to what our listeners. So again, feel free to join the conversation. Yes. You can leave a comment on social media. You can slide into our DMs, join our community groups. All of the details are in the show notes. And you and I are going to keep this conversation going on all sorts of different forms of connection. And we're going to have these conversations over on your podcast. Where can people find you? So you can find me at Kirsten Leo, the Light Path podcast on wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss these episodes when they come up because we will be releasing them periodically for you to tap into these thought-provoking conversations with us. Absolutely. Kirsten, thank you so much for your time today. And again, for our listeners, we hope it has been thought provoking and you can find out more information on where you can connect with us in the show notes. And we look forward to hearing from you. This is what I want. This is what I need. If you don't have to go, I can set you free. Are you going to make a move? Are you going to come and see? Whatever you
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.